Hello everyone and welcome back. We're on lesson 96. Salvation comes from my one self. One self being, of course, all of creation as one whole unit as it was created beyond the scope of the intellect, so don't try to grasp that. But it does say something sensible in these first couple of paragraphs. Although we actually are one eternal omnipresent self, we experience ourselves as two in our little ego state. We think we're both good and evil, loving and hating, mind and body. We feel very split between these two and are always trying to reconcile them. And you can't do this. We cannot reconcile these aspects of this notion of ourselves. We've tried None of them have worked. And the reason why is that what we're trying to reconcile is one real thing and one imaginary thing. So you can't reconcile one real thing with nothing. What would that mean? Then it says truth and illusion can't be reconciled. And we have tried. We've tried many means. We've designed the problem to be many different things. And we just have to recognize None of this is going to work. It doesn't matter how hard we try, how senseless might be our expenditures of time and effort. Everything's futile. Everything's going to fail. Oh dear, well, then we better pay attention to what might not fail. <laughs> it goes on to clarify this, saying, problems that have no meaning can't be resolved. Two selves in conflict can't be resolved because, first of all, there are not two selves. The self we invented, that's the ego mind, that's the defense structures to try to keep us safe in the world where we are unsafe, isn't the presence that I actually am, that you actually are. Nor can this one unified presence ever be split into a bunch of pieces, which means, of course, the whole prospect, the whole idea of non-duality is what it's trying to present here. We are all that one self, and that's the way it's going to be forever. Then it makes a very attention-getting comment. A mind and body can't both exist. How many times have we seen programs that are going to somehow unify mind and body and spirit? It says, well, don't try to do that because one denies the other. See, a lot of people wouldn't like this at all, but we do have to pay attention. It makes it very clear. If you're physical, your mind is not really part of the self-concept. You know why? Because the self-concept is about the body and what it does and what it looks like and what it's somehow going to get for you, whoever the you is it thinks it's going to get for, it's really getting for itself. But nevertheless, the mind is just kind of an ancillary part that sometimes is used and sometimes isn't. On the other hand, if we recognize ourselves as spirit, as presence, then the body doesn't really have anything to do with you. It's a communication device, but it doesn't really define who it is we are. Well, those are definitely two opposite points of view. It then continues on to say, 
the spirit or the presence of us uses the mind as a vehicle for self-expression, for the expression of love. And when the mind is employed in service of the spirit, then we feel peaceful, we feel joyful, we feel powerful, we're allowed to fulfill our function of releasing and letting go. But if the mind doesn't associate with spirit or presence and sees itself only as following ego directive, so to speak, divorced from spirit, and just residing somehow inside a body, doesn't really reside inside a body, but you can pretend like that. So that way, there's no peace and there's no happiness. And it says, actually, in that condition where you're not being loving, it's not even thinking. It's denied its strength. And here's where it gets melodramatic again. It sees itself as helpless and limited and weak and alone and separate and the ultimate victim there, attacked by armies amassed against itself and hiding in the body's frail support. We've seen before, the body's not a good hiding place. It's like trying to hide out in a cardboard box right in the face of a hurricane coming your way. It's not going to do much for you. So now, it's trying to do this reconciliation of, of disparate pieces and it just can't be done. It's trying to reconcile mind and body, real and unreal. Just don't waste any more time on this. How can you resolve something that's true and something is false? Remember a couple of days ago, I gave the example of my little brother and I driving our cars around the edge of the rug and we pretended like the middle was water. Well, this would be like, okay, I now I'm going to find the happy medium between, or I'm going to resolve the conflict of a real rug. This is using the world of time and space as real for my example here. A real rug and an, an imaginary water. Like, how do you reconcile those? You can't reconcile something that's real and something that's a hallucination. It says that we've tried and tried and maybe you even wish you could, but who would want that plan? Because that would be wanting God's plan for our salvation to fail. Well, that's not a good thing to be wishing for. Now, the next paragraph is where you want to just go, okay, I have to remember I'm not trying to learn this. I'm only to practice it. Because otherwise, since it talks in one paragraph about large S self, small S self, mind of God, Holy Spirit, His voice, Holy Spirit, some more salvation. It's like you'll think you need to do a genealogical chart. Don't try to do that. It just says the actual presence self that we are and the loving thoughts remain in our minds the mind of God because it's all one mind and then it's going to say all right today we're going to attempt to find this thought whose presence is guaranteed by one who speaks to you from your oneself Basically, we want to try to find these loving inclinations and thoughts within us. We want to spend five minutes every hour just quieting our minds, listening, letting go of what you think you need as an ego self. Let the guidance, the presence come to you as your mind is quiet. And then repeat, salvation comes from my oneself. Its thoughts are mine to use. 
all of your loving thoughts, every kind thought you've ever had, has been saved for you and it's right there and available. Now here's an idea that might make sense to you. If you imagine taking a piece of paper and draw a line across the tiniest little corner down at the bottom that you can possibly imagine. So you've drawn a tiny little line theoretically separating all the vast amount of the paper in this teeny weeny little, the tiniest little piece imaginable. Okay, nothing has happened to the wholeness of the piece of paper just because you've drawn a line there. Every bit of the rest of that paper, representing all of the rest of the mind of God, so to speak, is all still absolutely one with us. Nothing has happened. We haven't actually separated ourselves, but because we pretend like we have, then we need this mediating function. We need to do this crazy thing. I've got to go find the love in me when love is all there is. But since we've denied it, now we're going to backtrack and see if we can't find it again in our minds where absolutely it is. It says if you seek these thoughts, and they're going to be loving and peaceful and kind and cooperative, these are our real thoughts. As we've gone wandering in dreams, i.e. to try to make the separate sense of self real and then get all of its needs met and get all tangled up in its care and maintenance. So this pull toward oneness is always here. And it reminds us that if we succeed, the thoughts that come to us will tell us we haven't left. And our mind has found this function of releasing that we tried to banish. And it's going to feel so peaceful to do this. And then it says, of course, restored in strength, the presence of us will again flow out from the spirit in us to the spirit in all things because it's really all one. This is where language is such a barrier, but we have to use language. And our mind will bless all things. We'll see only the beloved in absolutely everything. So now we're restored. The confusion is gone. We know the reality of us knows we can't fail. Now, we might feel a little uncertain, but no worries. The joy that is reserved for us, and I'll tell you, once you experience that joy, you never want it to disappear. So every time we spend these five minutes, we come closer and closer to this joy being our natural experience because it is our natural state. And every time we let the mind get still today, we lay another treasure in the growing store. And all of everything we learn is given anyone who asks for it because we are one mind, we are one self, capital S, practice, and don't try to figure that out. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye.